You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and as this is a not a regularly scheduled episode for us, a little bit of a bonus action here for you. Justin is not here this evening, but have no fear. I know you've missed him the last few weeks. Justin will be back with me on the next show, I promise, because we're doing that one 100% live, unscripted, with our dear friend Paul Roberts from SB Sports. He will be with us. Uh, less than a week, six days from now on Sunday, August 20th, a day after Wilson's scrimmage against Coatesville, which is at home at Gursky Stadium, Saturday, August 19th in the morning. The next night, Paul Roberts will join Justin and myself to talk about the scrimmage and the entire upcoming 2023 Wilson football season, which gets underway as you're watching this on Monday, August 14th. In 11 days. So, yes, the 2023 season is right around the corner. But this is a little bit of a bonus episode. I know on the preview slide it mentioned bonus number one and an interview with offensive coordinator Jerry Palm. That is Jeremy Palm. That is true. However, when I went to interview Jeremy, I also was able to grab wide receivers coach Mark Steinmeier and linebackers coach Tony Seattle, who we had not had on the program before. So it was great to talk with Mark, Tony with Jeremy, and it's been a few years since we got to talk to Jeremy, so I was happy that he was willing to do that for us, and great to add an additional two coaches. So this is kind of a assistant coach interview part two, and it is our, our first bonus of the season nine, uh, actually already planning on a second bonus that we'll, we'll squeeze in between some of the weekly episodes we have coming up. Uh, but enough talking from me before we get to the interviews I just want to do our weekly housekeeping here and make sure we let you all know that our Season 9 sponsors are my dad, Bill Mays, and Mays Sandwich Shop, as well as White Star Tours, and we welcome them aboard uh, for this Season 9 here on the Bulldog Hour. So appreciate the contributions and support from Mays Sandwich Shop and White Star Tours. Tours, but they're not the only ones. They are the presenting sponsors. But in addition to that, we've gotten contributions and donations from Mike Drago Sports and MikeDragoSports.com, the Hop family. And we are already up to five anonymous donors. We had the most ever last year with six. So before the season's even kicked off, we are already up to five. The, uh, the support has been great so far this year, and we really, really appreciate that. Uh, there are, of course, as always, multiple ways you can help us here at the Bulldog Hour. The sponsorships, advertising, and in-kind donations are absolutely amazing. We really appreciate that. Remember to check the website, bulldoghour.com, for a ton of information about the show, the football team, and the program at large. And I'll fill in for him once again since he's not here. Like and share, Justin's favorite. Anything we post on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or X, whatever they're calling it now, Instagram, YouTube, subscribe on Twitch. We're under Joe Mays and JRAF on Twitch. The YouTube site's starting to take off a little bit. If you watch anything on YouTube, please subscribe uh, and uh, 
enable notifications and like the videos that we post that will all help us reach a larger audience that we want to spread around southeastern, south central Pennsylvania, cover all of District 3 and beyond. So you don't have to just use your, your wallet to help us out here. Uh, social interactions are great as well. But I think that pretty much covers it. I already mentioned that our next show will be in less than a week from the airing of this episode, Sunday, August 20th, with Paul Roberts. And we're very excited to preview this season with Paul live for you really, really soon. All right. So without further ado, let's get into our bonus episode, interviews with assistant coaches Jeremy Palm, Mark Steinmeier, and Anthony Chiato. All right, welcome to the Bulldog Hour, guys. Thanks for joining us. All right, great to be here. It's a second group of assistant coaches interviews. Wasn't sure if we'd be able to grab you to join us, but uh, appreciate you taking the time to do so. I, the, uh, the community always likes to hear from uh, the guys leading the young men out on the field in the fall and uh, have a few questions for you. Uh, they're, they're super difficult. It requires a lot of thought, so I hope you're ready to be grilled, especially you. <laughs> is this your first time? Have we talked yeah, to you yet? Yeah, this is my first uh, time. I know. Mark, we talked to you yep, recently. Once or twice, yeah, yeah, I think the last couple of years. Yep. Jeremy, it's been a few years since yes. we've had you on the show. Uh, I think the first two years you joined us, but we haven't connected since then, so I appreciate all of you taking the time. Uh, first question I asked this to your colleagues uh, the other week uh, motivations to coach. What brings you back to the game of football and uh, leading the, the young men you have on the team? What, what's the reasoning? Well, my reasoning is, well, we've all been doing it since we were little kids. Um, we have a passion for it. We're excited about it. We just want to um, bring that passion, bring that excitement to these kids and, and have them experience some, some of the same things that we experienced growing up, playing in high school, college, um, and just, just to see them grow as, as young men in the game of football. And honestly, I'd probably say my dad. Uh, growing up, uh, I was always that water boy or the ball boy. Uh, actually, uh, Coach Peterson was the, what the Daniel Boone, and I got to see him play. And then I, as I grew up, you know, I got to see how my dad built relationships with the kids, and I never heard a bad thing about him, even from like friends of mine. And it was just uh, cool to be on the other side of it after after college, and uh, just being able to see how those relationships can affect the kids even in their future. Now you you Did you play at Boone then? I played at Boone okay. and then I went to Millersville. Millersville? And then okay. I had a little stand at Exeter. Is, is that where your dad coached? He coached at Boone, Boone. and then I went to Exeter with him. Okay, then, Exeter, okay. Yeah. yeah. And now he's at PJP. Okay, all right. And then just to go along with what they said, you know, the, the coaches and the impact that they had on us as kids growing up, you know, you want to be able to try and do that for these guys. And, and it's uh. You know, it's so neat to watch the growth. I think one of the most fun years or the few years that I had was when I was teaching at the middle school and I met the football players in seventh grade and then had them, you know, for all of the years through their 12th grade yeah, year. Yeah, six football. years with them. And then. that was awesome to see them go from, you know, these guys like Jimmy Brooks and Junior Joseph and those guys to grow into what they did. Uh, and you knew, you knew in seventh grade why they were going to be successful. You know, so that was just so awesome to see the growth of some of these kids as they go along. Um, and just hopefully, you know, hope these guys become great young men. Well, I know there's not much of an off season when it comes to high school football anymore, but how did your, your, your winter spring workouts, spring ball, 
uh, the summer sessions go. I know you know youth camps happening outside right now, and this is essentially the start of your season. We've got heat acclimatization coming up on Monday, and then you really get going. But how did that off-season training go this year? How did the uh, the kids take to it? Summer's definitely over for us. Yeah. <laughs> Summer's over. Um, I think it's so neat to watch uh, how the clock turns and those ninth graders become tenth graders and those tenth graders become eleventh graders and you know and so forth and and to watch who's going to rise and who's going to be the leaders and how much they've changed and to see how it starts. You know, as a ninth grader, oh, I got time, I got time. By the time that they're becoming that twelfth grader, you know. There's no time. They know that every minute, every minute counts. Every little memory counts. Um, so I think that this group of, of leaders that we have have been awesome. They've set an awesome example. They've set an awesome tone. They've held kids accountable. They have an awesome culture. Um, and I think uh, you know they're they're destined for big things um, from this whole group. Yeah, I would say the same thing. These these young men, the, the experienced, uh, bringing so many guys back offensively on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, great leaders, uh, kids that just work very, very hard. We started throwing early in the morning at six six thirty in the morning, way back in March. You know, three times, two or three times a week, and uh, you know, it, it's just all those all the time that we spend with them, watching them grow and, and seeing them mature. You know, from a ninth grader to a tenth, from a tenth to an eleventh grader, it, it's it's fantastic, and that maturity piece is, is really fun to watch. Yeah. Got it there. Yeah. Just that, just that growth from that tenth grade year to eleventh grade year, and then you know the kids too, those eleventh graders to twelfth grade. It's huge. I didn't properly introduce you guys. I think most people watching know who you are, but you're assuming a new role role this season. Um, Coach Matt Bender uh, retired, isn't going to be coaching this year. Uh, you're going to be filling in for me. You're coaching linebackers, yep. the inside linebackers, or all the linebackers. Uh, inside, and you know, helping out Ernie with the outside too. Now this is your is this third or fourth year? This will be my fourth year. Fourth coaching. year, yeah. So what was it like to learn under Coach Bender and then now? Uh, oh, it's awesome. kind of be the guy. Yeah, no, it's awesome because you get to take away some things from from him, even in Ernie, and then just like stuff I previously learned, and just kind of tailor to you know my own. But really, just you know, hanging true to like whatever you know it worked for him in the past because I mean he's been successful, so it was awesome. Before we go full steam ahead to 2023, let's just take a step back and look at uh, last year, 2022. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the season a year ago? Is there anything that you're looking forward to changing in 2023 after what you learned in 2022? Or is there something that stands out that you want to see repeat again? Something the coaching staff did? Something the players did? Is there, what, what was your biggest takeaway and what do you want to see carry over? Um, I'd like to see us become more consistent, you know, offensively. There's, there were times where we would come out and, you know, full speed ahead, we're flying, we're running, we're throwing, uh, we're, we're moving the football, and then there were times where, we, you know, we would take a step back and, and maybe be, not become lackadaisical, but uh, that, that, that attention to detail wasn't there. You know, I'd really like us to see with this veteran group that we have, you know, pay more attention to those little details, those fine details, and I think we've tried to do that this off season, uh, taking that, that, that piece um, of, of the intellectual piece of it and, and really building on that with this group of kids and, and taking it to the next level. I think just to go along with it, uh, in the, the game, you know, a lot of, you, you sit there and you look at a lot of the wins, but a lot of times those losses are what's, you know, come to mind and uh, in all of those losses there was that handful of one plays. You know, if we had this one play at this point, 
that could be a different game. If we had that one play at that point, that would be a different game. Um, so I think from, from that, like you said, we just got to finish. We just got to finish. We got to prepare and continue to pay attention to those small things, and those small things become big things. You know, I think uh, hopefully going into it, we're not going to be penalized. You know, we don't want to be a, a team that's that's giving away free yards. Um, so that that's something that bit us in the butt sometimes last year. You know, uh, we do have a lot of guys back. Um, we do want to communicate, make sure they're doing those those things, and those were some of the little things that we're missing last year uh, that I think uh, the guys have worked to clean up on uh, in the offseason. So one of the things that whenever I talk to coaches, and you just alluded to it, the losses always stick out. And Justin and I don't have a habit of interviewing coaches, players after a loss. It's time, you know, we don't want to stick our nose in there right now. But, you know, that now that almost a year has passed, is there something that stick, sticks out from Hempfield and Harrisburg specifically? I know Roman Catholic didn't go our way last year either, but is there anything from those th those three losses last year that really sticks out? You kind of just mentioned it, uh, refinement, attention to detail, focus, less penalties. Uh, anything else you can elaborate on from, uh, from from the games last year that didn't go Wilson's way? I mean, if you if it, the, one big takeaway, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's huge. Is is no matter what the kids fought. They battled, so that's why there's so much excitement for the group that we have coming back because, you know, they fought to the very end, and, and, and uh, it was a, what, 26-15 game with five minutes to go on, like, the 10, 13-yard line against Roman Catholic in week one with a really green group, and everybody's injured and dehydrating and doing all this, and, and the guys still battled to the very end. The wheels came off in those last five, six minutes. Yeah. However, you know, we were in a spot to be a one-point or a one-score game you know, with time winding down and, and to give ourselves a chance. You know, the same thing can be said for those Harrisburg and Hempfield game. Like, it was down to the very end. You know, we had that one play, um, and I just, you know, the kids, they're, they're ready. I think they're ready, they're hungry, they felt that, and they don't want to feel it again. And, you know, the game that sticks in my mind is, is the Harrisburg game because we came out a little flat in the first quarter, and, and they jumped on us 12-0, and then at halftime, you know, we're 14-12. And... Uh, you know, we're getting the football coming out in the third quarter. You know, if we put a drive together, man, we could have really put them on their heels, um, you know, midway through the third quarter of that game, put them in a situation where they were uncomfortable, a situation that they had not been in, okay? Now our kids have all that confidence. And, you know, in the game of football, when Uncle Momentum gets on your side, he's really hard to stop. And when you get that Mo rolling behind you, um, you know, I would have liked to have, you know, had that second half of that game back. You well, know. you know, they, they focused on taking Cam out of the game. Right. And uh, Eddie stepped up and had a big Being game. Austin. Uh, Austin had a big game. Tommy, you know, take away the negative yards, he was 220-plus and, and 100 on the ground. Right. So, like, they saved their best for last. Like, they, they were they were peaking at the right time, uh, and they didn't ease up after that game. It, you know, lit that fire, so they just kept working and working. Uh, you know, didn't miss a thing all through basketball season when they're supposed to be going to basketball practice They're still hitting the weights hard in the morning all through baseball season guys You can back off, you know, you got a big game today. Nope, and they didn't they didn't want to they just kept attacking They, they have their eyes, you know on what they want no, Just yeah, just learn how to finish you know, you know, like defensively just getting off the field getting the ball back to these guys 
you know, sitting here, you know, summer's over, football's here, 2023, ready to start. What are you most looking forward to this season? What what stands out right now uh, before any games have been played? And what's you, what are you most excited about? Friday nights, you know, <laughs> you know, you got the band playing, you got the night, the, the lights, and you know, it's the best part. You know, the kids going out there and just like making memories, having fun. You know, this is a group of kids uh, that they like to have fun. They they know how to work hard. They've worked hard. Um, now it's time for them to kind of enjoy it, uh, continue that hard work. Obviously, not let up. We haven't won anything yet. Uh, we haven't we haven't even put pads on yet. But we want them to continue to grow, uh, to have that fire, and and to have fun because this this is the ultimate team game, the game of football. That's why everybody's so passionate about it. Everybody can't wait till Sundays on NFL. Can't wait till Saturdays to watch college football. Friday nights is all about it's all about high school football. So I mean, everybody, the community, the kids, everybody's passionate about it. We we just want the kids to enjoy it, make it fun for them. And uh, you know, high school sports are all great, but I and maybe we're biased because we're football coaches. <laughs> but that Friday night lights, you come out of the locker room and you walk down the front of the bleachers, and all the youth kids are there, all the super fans are there. You know, you got parents yelling down to kids, grandparents, you know, you're seeing that person that you you knew was coming to the game to see you tonight. You touch that bulldog and then you, you know, you run out there with, with 80 of your brothers. That's, that's amazing. Nothing beats that. Yeah, it can't be like replicated. Yeah. I mean, because we've all played in college too, so it's like, you know, there's nothing, there's a different vibe with the Friday nights. Okay. Yeah. You can all speak to that, but I always direct the recent graduates that come back to watch the game and they tell from immediate experience that there's nothing like playing with your community, your school, the kids you grew up with. College football is great, it's a lot of fun, but it's not the same. And every single one that's come back the last five years is all, has all mentioned the same thing. It's too bad you don't get to kick off the season at home, but right. you get to go down to a Philadelphia area, which I'm not sure the last time Wilson was down in the suburbs in a, to kick off a regular season. Uh, so that'll be uh, an interesting start to the year. But before we get to specific games or anything, uh, how about any changes to the offense, defense? Uh, were you talking about s s any scheme changes, or are we just looking at uh, different personnel? Uh, anything well, you know, up in the air? You know, we can't talk scheme, okay? Because other coaches, you know, they general general. Uh, sense. Other coaches tune in here. I, I know Mark Evans, for example, <laughs> down the township. You know, he loves to, you know, come in in a bulldog hour just to see if he can get any snippets, but. Uh, you know, we want to put the kids in, in the best positions possible to be successful and to make plays. If we can do that, they have the confidence to do it, we should be fine. I think offensively you're going to take what the defense has given you and you're just, you know, you're going to try and exploit that. And I think defensively, you know, you're, we're multiple to try and take away what they do best. Their best two, three, four things that we can take away uh, and, and hopefully that leads to success on a Friday night. That seems, uh, speaking with the two of you, offensively, you've got a lot coming back. I think you're only replacing maybe two guys well, that on the one, That one guy was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. no impact. Yeah, different positions named the first team all league uh, all, all state played in the big 33 you get that's a dime a dozen like yep. it's really nothing special so you got to replace him and also uh, one of the offensive linemen brendan hop's gone so you, but nine out of eleven back so you got to be feeling pretty pretty good about that uh who are uh who are some of the newcomers we could see this year filling in those holes or stepping up from maybe a, a special teams role player to a guy that could see a lot of action on, on offense 
Well, you know, not too many teams have the luxury of being six foot three. You know, at the wide receiver position, you know, X and or Z are strong. Uh, both are outside receivers. And our third outside receiver. And, and our third, Jonah Pertet. Yeah. You know, we have Austin Valukevich and and Eddie Case and and Jonah. They're all six foot three or better, uh, and very very athletic and fast. And uh, they have, you know, worked extremely hard in the off season in the weight room. Um, Lifting, running, staying in, staying in shape. I mean, these guys never get out of shape because they're constantly doing something. Uh, you know, and then you throw in, uh, you know, Jackson Wagner, who missed, you know, half a year with an elbow last year, but was a dominant player as a sophomore. And that kind of slowed his offensive production last year. It was one of those, like, when he comes back, what can he handle? Mm -hmm. uh, and, he, and he had a bigger role More defense. More yeah. defense, yeah. Yeah, uh, and we won't mention his one touchdown. That got called that back got for called some back. reason. Yeah, so some we'll guy. let that one go. They can talk about that in the locker room. Yeah, but somebody <laughs> still owes somebody some pizza for that one. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you throw in a mix, uh, you know, inside receiver-wise. You know, you have a Maddox Gruber. You have Adam Woods inside. Um, you know, Adam's going you know, to make a switch over from quarterback and still potentially see some, some time at quarterback. But, you know, he's a good, he's a good enough athlete. we got to get him on the field. We love his work ethic, so we want to get that young man on the field and put him in positions to be successful. So, I and, think we, and the trio at running back, trio, you know, yeah, Fiorini and, and uh, Amir being the seniors, and then Carell, um, you know, kind of is a combination of both of them. Um, so they'll, they'll they'll all play a role, and uh, you know, it'll be exciting to see what shakes out up front. Um, you know, we, we have you know all those guys back, and then we have you know uh, Reininger, who everyone keeps saying how great of a camp he had, and he, he did. did. Yeah. You know, I told him personally, if, if we had to give an MVP, I felt like he would have been the MVP from coming out of East Stroudsburg East camp. Stroudsburg camp. Um, and, but then, you know, the, the the way that it shakes out, you know, at, at East Stroudsburg, we had a senior tight end who was like, well, heck, we got some pretty good tight ends in front of me. How can I get on the field? And he wants to move inside, you know. He wants to move down the guard. So, yeah. so James Nolan, you know, let, let's see how that shakes out for him because, you know, you wish those guys the best and yeah. that selflessness. Um, he's done everything you've asked along the way, and he works his backside off. So he's a smart kid. You know, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out for him. Yeah. All right, Tony, how about you? I talked to Coach Sands about the defensive back. So okay. how about some insight on linebackers? I know you have some parts back, but you're also looking to fill in a few areas too. So who, who, yeah, who I mean, are your guys? We got uh, Ryan McMillan returning again, and, you know, hopefully he steps up and be, takes on that bigger leadership role there. Uh, we have some guys like they've already mentioned. You have Austin Valukevich, you have Jackson Wagner, you have Nick Fiorini, even Brady Klein. So a lot of guys that are in the mix. So, you know, it should be... Chris goes in there. Chris, right? Chris, Chris Stowe, Stowe, yeah. 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 yeah, so no, it should be should be interesting. We have some guys that can do a little bit of both, some pass, some run, and then uh, just be interesting to see how, you know, it shakes out with the pads on. If you had to pick, and it doesn't have to be position-specific, it could be defensive guy that you see stand out. Um, how about a, a breakout player? I know you just mentioned Nolan being a selfless and, and possibly changing positions and helping you out, but who's a guy that stood out um, that maybe the fans haven't heard of, didn't play much last year, if at all, but you think could uh, make a name for themselves this year? There's a handful of kids. Um, really hard to say, uh, but we, we again, we're going to try and put these young men in positions to be successful. It, it one game it may be this guy, one game it may be that guy. Uh, it may come down to matchups, uh, you know, because we're so so tall and athletic outside. People may try and do things, you know, to slow us down with our outside receivers. So it may it may be an inside receiver, or it may be a running back. It, there's just 
it, it, in my opinion, it's hard to pick you know someone who's who's going to be that guy. You know, it's it could be one person one week and then somebody else the next. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. You know, everybody's worked so hard and everybody's got so smart and and they've been repping the right things and doing you know, doing great things out there. Uh, you know. One game it could be this guy, one game it could be that guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got a heck of a guy leading the way with, with Tommy, yeah. you know, pulling the strings back there at quarterback. So, you know, whatever he sees, it, it could be this guy because he likes that matchup, you know, and he has great chemistry with most of the receivers. Um, so it's just a matter of where he feels we have that advantage. Yeah, when, you know, he talks about the chemistry. These kids do everything together. I mean, that's what's so much fun about coaching, you know, here at Wilson and these young men. You know the Hunsickers and and the Cases and the Wagners and all these kids. They've done this for you know eight ten years coming up to get to this point. They're best friends. They all hang out together. They do everything together. Heck, they have. Uh, there's like twelve to fifteen of them that have a uh, a game changer, the game changer app or whatever yeah. that, that you do all the scoring for the youth. Yeah. They have a, a mega wiffle ball league with like 12 year olds yeah. you know like the Hunsaker's little brother and yeah. all his friends his yeah. little brothers when we put it together yeah. and they have this and they keep scoring keep yeah, they keep, yeah, yeah, keep stats yeah. all going on like that's they're just always together it's the community it's the it's the relationship that these kids have with one another it's, it's really fantastic it really is all good things to hear. I mean, I don't. There's. It doesn't seem to be a lot of negatives coming out, and it doesn't feel like coach speak either. Because uh, talking to your your other the other four assistants, it was very similar. Talking to Coach Dom's, uh, been a lot of praise for this team so far this year, um, which is awesome. Um, not try to avoid avoiding coach speak, but I know it's tough. Is there a game that sticks out this year that you're most excited to? Uh, to play uh, over the next uh, three months. The first one. The next one. The next one. To be honest. First one. Yeah. Uh, every week is a different challenge. You know, our 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 non-league schedule is so tough. Yeah. You know, you can't circle this one and overlook that one for a second. You know, it's it's a respect all and, and, and attack each week. And and I think the next one is truly, and that's not coach speak. That's just because it brings a new challenge for a new group of guys. And, we can't and look ahead to week four, week five, week eight. We can't. It's just, it, it's too much. We're going week one. That, that's our focus right now. And are there games that stung coming out of last year? You know, that, that, that you know, we might slap the stinger in. I don't know. But, that, you know, there, there's a few of those. However, uh, we have to get, you know, the one and all before we can get a <coughs> feel further than that. Well, excuse me. He'll let Justin and I handle that, that uh, yes, talking you, about everyone right. else for you. We always make sure we do that in a way that doesn't give them bulletin board material. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know we know we're not going to put you in a position to try to do that, but we also try to avoid that ourselves too. Uh, so we've been talking about a lot about the positives and the virtues of high school football. Is there anything you'd like to see changed about the sport? Is there anything that you? I mean, it could be a rule. It could be. Um, the proliferation of multiple, multiple, you know, we talk Friday nights, but now there's games Thursday, there's games Saturday. Yeah. So, um, I mean, anything? Well, in my opinion, you know, the, the whole NIL field uh, thing that's going on in college football, I think, quite frankly, high school coaches, we should have some kind of <laughs> NIL deal. Looking for a deal? Yeah, like yeah. at a local sandwich shop. Yeah. Like that. Like, I, mean, I don't know if we have any around. I don't know. Like, maybe a sandwich a week or something. <laughs> You know, you know, the only good sandwich shops around, you know, something like that. Yeah, Coach Wolver beat you to it. Oh, did he? <laughs> okay. He was advertising his, the uh, Arizona Arnold Palmer iced teas as okay. the official coaching drink of uh, 
Wilson's football. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, well, you know, if we can get an NIL deal, I mean, that's something that, you know, might, might no, benefit some. But I think, uh, you know, high school football is just, it, it's uh, it's awesome. You know, I don't know. Obviously, everyone bellyaches about pride and public and all that stuff. But, you know, all we can do is play who's, who's put in front of us. Yeah. So we can't, you know, we don't have a say in that. So we, we just let that go. And, and I just think, uh, you know, the, something with the officials, because I, I think they're lacking officials. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't know how you correct that, but um, we've had some really, really good ones. And we've had one or two not so great. But I think that the thing is so run dry that we always see more people out there officiating to, to raise the level of everybody. And that would be a huge help, and I think, to the game. Yeah, that's a good one. The lack of, of officials is yeah. becoming an issue. And that actually is that's one, why. Of, one yeah. of the reasons I mentioned there's right. so many games on Thursdays and Saturdays now is because they only have so many officials. And, and the age the age of some of the officials at, at the high school games. I mean, some of these guys are, you know, they're into their, 70, into their 70s. Yeah. Well, and the PIAA has started to try to correct that by allowing high school students to become referees in a kind of what – internship type role right. or a probationary way, uh, which is an interesting way to combat the uh, the lack of uh, able bodies to officiate these games. But uh, yeah, those are those, that's a good that's a good one to bring out. Just a couple questions here to finish off. Uh, this is one that came up organically when talking with your, your players actually during their interviews a couple weeks ago. Uh, they brought up um, working with Mrs. Kamoff. Yep. Uh, a, I guess she's a school guidance counselor over yeah, at Southern, Southern yeah. and she also does sports psychology, and that was something that uh, was brought up by the students. So I was interested to take, uh, you know, your pulse and what your uh, uh, interaction is with, with her, or what you think she's brought to the program so far. Yeah, it was it was brought up to me, um, and it was one of those like. Let me investigate. You know, they they said that she had talked to uh, I think it was the baseball team at one point for one time, you know, one or two times, and uh, yeah, asked like, what, what what did you do? What happened? And, and so I went over and sat down with her, and we talked through. She kind of told her story, which is a crazy story. She she would come and get recruited for basketball, and every time the recruits the coaches came to recruit her, she found out of the games. So she didn't even get because she was so in, in, in you know she uh, didn't it, it didn't transfer over. Uh, all her enthusiasm, all that energy, and and so she found her way into uh, this at Penn State when she where she went to throw, uh, and she built a love for it. And the kids, like anything, they take out of it what 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 they're there to get, you know. So some of the kids are probably, all right, we had to be here early. I'm tired, you know. Meanwhile, some of them are sitting there writing the notes, you know, doing everything word for word. Um, and it's been uh, a lot of little little like. Started as some lecture-ish type of stuff, you know, talk through, visualize, do some of these things. But then it went to like little games and activities uh, that when you step back, you're like, oh, that was funny. And then how does this apply? And then she explains it, and you're like, all right, you know, now I, I see how this is happening. So um, she she was awesome for us, I believe. She's still got one or two times yet this summer, but she's come every week this summer except for a week no she even came the week she's on vacation because she started early <laughs> we, we got we got it going early for that so uh she's been here once a week uh all summer and uh yeah like i said i think the kids who wanted to take something from it got something from it and i do believe there was a there was a large group of kids that that found positive from it yeah it came up um with well with the, the leaders the seniors that i had here a lot of them that mentioned well, for their leadership qualities they brought it up and uh, everyone was very 
spoke very highly of the sessions and of Mrs. Kamoff and actually following my interviews with the other assistant coaches and Doug a couple weeks ago, I checked my email as soon as we finished and it was an email from Mrs. Kamoff saying that she had heard that that she had listened to the first show and uh, wanted some more information and I think I'm going to sit down and talk with her about it because it's very interesting to me. Uh, uh, any way you can uh, find, both, well it's nice in high school sports that you're dealing with them as developing young men but also the athletic and sports psychology is a way to improve both their off the field life and on field advantages so it's, an, and it's a nice merger of those things uh, so it's a very interesting topic I'm looking forward to speaking with her and, about. and that was the initial thought you know I, I'm in the weight room with the kids every day and you have your issues you know when you have 70 80 kids in a room together and then you send them to the locker rooms and and you know I get lots of emails from the teachers you know so and so was acting this way and uh, a lot of the stuff that they taught she talked about with sports really was like in adverse situations you know so it's not necessarily like oh now I have to block that guy or now something difficult is happening what happens when you're put in that same situation as a, as a student when that teacher yells at you and they feel you're not in the wrong yeah. You know, so now you can start to use those same things to kind of deal and, and grow. So it was kind of, you know, multi-purpose yeah. when we talked about it initially. Read and react isn't just on the, the sports field. It's That's also right. in real life and your personal relationships and our academics and everything. So uh, la last thing just for the three of you, just, you know, what's your message to the fans and the community before this season gets underway? Just come ready. I mean, yeah, come out and be, get all hype and, you know, let's have these uh, kids, you know, you know, come out to play and have fun, you know. Uh, my would be do what you've always done. This is Wilson football. This is uh, this is what you do here. Um, when I started my family many years ago, um, my wife and I said, if our kids are going to be in sports, we want to be in the Wilson School District. So obviously when the kids were getting ready to come to school, we moved to the Wilson District um, for that reason, uh, because Wilson is the premier school uh, in the county, in the area, um, athletically, academically. Uh, it provides so many opportunities uh, for these young men, helps them grow uh, as, as individuals, as athletes, and um, just continue doing what you're doing. That's what I would tell the, the, the people in the community. And I just think that, you know, winning in high school sports is, is so hard. You know, two teams go into a competition and one wins and one loses. You know, there's not many ties. Some of the sports have allowed that still. But, uh, you know, whether it's a win by one or a win by 100, support those kids, you know, watch them grow, uh, enjoy all that they've done on the field because they've, they've sacrificed a lot of time. They've sacrificed a, a lot of things uh, in order to get out there and, and do the work that they did. But come loud. Be ready and uh, just show lots of love for our guys because they they definitely definitely deserve. It. Yeah, it's setting up to be a very fun and exciting season. I know uh, uh, expectations are, are, are pretty high. Um, fan wise, Wilson usually travels pretty well, but we've got a great schedule this year because you get twice and go into an atmosphere down towards Philadelphia that you don't get to experience very often. And then the home slate's pretty exciting because you got Central Dolphin that's become a rivalry, a Reading a renewed rivalry. Mifflin at home for the first time in a few years, and yeah. uh, then a, a couple big ones in the LL, especially finishing at home against Manheim Township. So um, a lot of great games on the schedule. Looking forward to the season to start. I know uh, you guys are ready to rock and roll as well. So I appreciate you taking here some time to talk to me. 
uh, and join the Bulldog Hour. And I look forward to hopefully uh, talking to you guys on after Friday Night Victories in just a few months. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Go Bulldogs. All right. So that was a little bonus interview with three more assistant coaches. So you got to hear from a whole bunch of them this summer getting ready for the season. I know there's a, a few more that I haven't talked to yet this year or ever on the Bulldog Hour, and hopefully we can change that in the coming weeks. But I think that does it for this bonus episode of the show. Again, reminder, we will be back in just six days live on Sunday, August 20th, 8.30 p.m. Justin and I welcoming in Paul Roberts to preview the entire 2023 Wilson football season. So until then, for Justin, the entire Wilson football program, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for tuning in to the Bulldog Hour. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.